Welcome to Clock Out, the Vicarious Life Podcast. This is for the mavericks in the world who are on a mission to obtain freedom. What is freedom? We're about to find out. I'm your host, Tracy Miller, a free-spirited entrepreneur who has been chasing freedom her entire life. Beside me is my co-host, Jackie Asel, the anchor who keeps me grounded. Thanks for joining us. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of Clock Out, The Vicarious Life. Today, I am doing my very first phone interview with the great Peter Frementi III. I'm supposed to pronounce it just like that because it's that dynamic, just like his personality. <laughs> and it's we Frementi, have Frementi. Frementi, Sicilian, right? Correct, correct. <laughs> yeah, so I picked Peter. I, actually, I didn't get to pick Peter. I had Peter as a recommendation from um, a KXLF representative here locally in town, Chad, amazing um, media um, medium in between myself and my business, great guy, had recommended Peter for all of the amazing adventures and his very strong entrepreneurship. When I was telling Chad all about this podcast and the type of people that I'm looking for, he goes, oh my gosh, you have got to interview Peter. He is amazing. And everything that you described in terms of looking for the type of people that are chasing freedom and that are investing, that are doing really cool things in life. And Peter is actually a coach. He's a speaker. He's kind of got a lot going on. So with that, formally introducing Peter. And yeah, why don't you take it from there? Peter, tell me a little bit about yourself. What makes you amazing to be on this podcast? Oh, wow. Um, what makes me amazing? That's a, that's a loaded <laughs> question. I don't even know where to start. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think if there was anything that makes me amazing is I definitely see the world a little bit differently. And um, I've lived a very different life. And I think that's probably why Chad, you know, said, hey, you've got to talk to Peter. Uh, so, so, yeah, I would say, I mean, I've, I've traveled. I've, you know, I've worked for myself for most of my life. Uh, and I've, and I found, you know, I built some really cool, successful companies and I've also, you know, just done a lot of gig work and things along the way and, and, you know, done things like cut my expenses and stay in houses or, or, uh, or, you know, live overseas and, and work remote where I could, you know, where I could keep my cost low and different things like that. And I've just, um, you know, I'm, I, I guess one of the things I'd say is I'm one of those people, if I died tomorrow and I'll knock on wood here, but if I died tomorrow, I, I really feel like I've lived. And I, I think that's one of the things that I guess makes me awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> that, and that's exactly what we're looking for. People that we can live vicariously through your life. So I, I'm excited. I'm really excited to hear about some of your international travels. I, I actually just got my passport last week, Friday, very first international travel is going to be occurring next month. So I'm over the top and I'm just, I don't have to live through you alone now anymore. I can actually get my own experiences under my belt. <laughs> oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, you'll have to, you let me know where you're the first few places you're going and I'll have to give you some tips if I've been there. Oh yes. Costa Rica. That's going to be my first stop. It's been on my bucket ah, list yeah. for years. Have you been there? I've been uh, three or four times. I love Costa Rica. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm just over the top excited. I'm going to call you after this to get all of the tips. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds fair. Yeah. So, okay, Peter. So, what do you? I guess, I, and I hate saying what do you do for a living because that indicates that that's you know who you are in in a nutshell. But what do you do to earn income currently at in, at this time in life? Yeah, you know, I do so many things. Um, so I, I mean, currently what I do is I coach, I work with clients one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, I, I actually do some like sales clinics, 
um, for a client of mine that's sort of related to my old business, which we can talk about at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm in the process of rehabbing a house that I'm, I bought a home, you know, that I'm rehabbing to sell. I was originally thinking I was going to turn it into more of a retreat space, decided it's not big enough for the vision that I have. Okay. And so, so now we're just fixing it up, but we're almost done. We're going to put it on the market uh, and sell that. And then we'll, we'll be buying some land with the intention of building a, a retreat center, wellness center. And maybe someday, hopefully the big dream is like a planned community that lives around a regenerative farm, wellness center, retreat center. Oh my gosh. That's a lot where, okay. So where are you at physically? Uh, so at this moment right now, I am in an Airbnb in uh, North Ogden, Utah, uh, and the house I'm rehabbing is in Eden, Utah, which is like if, if, you, if you you like to ski, if anyone who likes to ski will know Powder Mountain uh-huh. uh, and, and Powder Mountain in Utah. And, and so Eden is sort of the valley that is uh, below Powder Mountain, and it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Okay. So I know that you work kind of remotely, you get to, which is, I know we talked briefly about kind of why you built your business to where it's at right now. So is Utah your current base or are you just there temporarily? I mean, where do you call home right now? So Butte, Montana is technically my home actually. Um, And and I'm there a couple of times a year, but I'm I'm never really anywhere long enough to call home. I do have a um, a place where I keep some stuff in Butte. um, And then uh, here is kind of a secondary home base. Um, I spent a lot of time in Breckenridge, Colorado the last year, but my friend who lived there, um, who I, who I do retreats with, she moved to Lakewood now. So I spent a lot more time in Lakewood this year than I did uh, last year was more Breck. Um, and then international, like I, you know, I spent a couple of months in, in Mexico last year and, and I try to, I try to do some of the international travel as well, because you can, you know, you can go to somewhere like Playa del Carmen and you can rent a thousand dollar condo on the beach, uh, for a month you know, and eat, you know, $2 tacos. They're like basically farm to table. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, that's, that's the other piece of, of what I've done as well. Okay. So you, so when you're traveling, I'm assuming that you're probably doing coaching calls cause that's your main stream of income. Is that correct? Yeah. So coaching and training. So the coaching I do now is more, you know, individuals who, um, you know, how, you know, typically are wanting to, to become entrepreneurial, you know, leave okay. corporate, they want, they want to get their first few clients, they, um, you know, or they're just, they've got an idea and they want to, they want to kind of like sort of build up the, the courage or inspiration to go get their first few clients. Okay. And so that's that, you know, I work with a lot of people on that. Um, and then uh, I do my old business. I used to build sales teams for high ticket coaches. And so uh, I still have a couple of clients from that that I consult with, um, or I do some trainings for their clients. Uh, things like that. And so, yeah, I think most of what I do is on Zoom calls, uh, you know, and it's a few hours a week at this point um, oh. with clients. Um, and that's, that's about it. And then, then I'm, I'm rehabbing this property. So like right now I'm not doing the, the most of the work, sure. um, but I am like running and getting supplies and meeting the contractors out at the house and yeah. things like that. A little bit of oversight there. So you're, you're physically committed to that area for, for right now until that project's done. For a few, it's like perpetually two more weeks away. We're almost done. And I, and it's so funny because this is the first time I've been locked to an area where I really feel like, like I left uh, twice for a week or almost a week last, uh, last month to go to retreat in Colorado that I helped facilitate. Um, but, but I've been, but I had to like fly in, fly out. Usually I would stay a few or I would just stay for a few weeks while I did both retreats. I kind of flew in and out. So it has been weird to have to be locked down to a place uh, for the first time in a while. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm totally jealous of your life. That is my ultimate definition of freedom is where I can do what I want from wherever I want. And I've got the physical freedom to be where anywhere in the world. And I, cause I, people are always like, well, you know, gosh, why would you, you'd be bored if you weren't working. And I'm like, no, I would be working and I would be doing things that I'm passionate about, but I would be able to physically be anywhere in the world that interests me so that I can kind of have my cake and eat it too. It's, I mean, gosh, we get, if we're lucky 60, 70 years, and I'm, I'm hoping 80 to 90 years on this earth, but let's be, let's be real here, 60 to 70 years. I mean, there's so many things and places to see. I can't imagine waiting until you retire to start knocking those places off my list of, you know, places I want to go, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think, I, you know, I think it's interesting. I, 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 there's such a sort of paradigm in the way people think that has locked them into you know, it, and some of it is, oh, we, you know, we have to meet somebody and we have to get married and we have to like, you know, buy the house, all, all the typical, mm-hmm. you know, stuff. And, and I'm not knocking that whatever makes you happy is what you should, you know, what, what is you know, what you could do, you can do anything. And I, I think the thing um, for me is freedom is one of my highest values. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like I'm getting to a place where I'm looking more to settle down again and, and put roots and, you know, and, and, and sort of like kind of thinking maybe I actually, you know, I'm, I'm about 43 at this point, but I'm like, maybe I do want to have kids and maybe I do want to lock myself down a little bit, but freedom has been one of my highest values. And so what I did really early was I figured out how can I cut my expenses to really, really low and make enough money, uh, to be able to, to cover that. And so for me, one of those things was, oh, internationally, like I was in Bali for a while where, you know, I split a place, I feel like a thousand dollar a month place with some friends and it was three or four bedrooms with a pool, with a house that came every day, you know, and that was because wow. of the cost of living difference. I could live there and I could work and I didn't have to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so that was where I started. But what that allowed me to do was it allowed me the freedom to be able to actually then invest more time because I didn't have to make so much money. I wasn't yeah. stuck like working, you know, in the hamster wheel of work. And so then I was able to kind of go, well, what, what do I enjoy doing? And how can I make money doing that? And so that's been the question of my life. And I think that's really what's allowed me the, the freedom. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. And when did, when did all of this start for you? Did you have a traditional like upbringing and went through high school and college or did you, I mean, did you, were you raised this way? What did, what did your upbringing look like? So um, that'd be a good question for my parents. Um, they, <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. I mean, no, I wasn't. I mean, they, my dad and my grand, my grandfather was very entrepreneurial. My dad was up until I was in about high school and then, uh, you know, really business kind of broke him uh, in a lot of ways. And then sure. he just said, I just rather work till I retire and take a retirement, you know? And so that's where he got to. My grandfather, I mean, same thing, like he, and I, I almost feel like I'm, I'm healing some ancestral car, uh, karma here with, uh, <laughs> with my, my dad and my grandfather. So no, I mean, so I was raised entrepreneurial and the idea of like um, investing in things and creating value, like was a natural product of seeing my dad. My grandfather was one of the largest real estate developers in the San Francisco Bay Area in like the 50s and 60s. Oh, wow. and, uh, and he still had a lot of real estate and, and invested in real estate when I was a kid in the you know, 80s and 90s. And so I saw that and I, and they didn't, you know, live, I guess they didn't, they didn't travel the way I do, um, but they didn't live a normal go to an office nine to five life. Sure. And so that, that just, that concept to me, as soon as I got out of high school and I took my first job, I was like, this is stupid. I don't (laughs) like this at all. I feel trapped. (laughs) Right. Like why would anyone commit their, so wait, I'm going to work, I'm going to do this. And then 
you know, and so at first I thought, oh, I'll work my way up. And I started to do that a little bit. And I, and I got into management like in high school and even after with some jobs, but I was just still like, no, this is just, there's got to be a better way. And so I think the one shift that I really made though was I knew the reason I was always moving up like to management, even in high school at any job I had was because I always figured out, you know, what, what was important to the owners or the managers or whatever. And I, I always made sure I was adding more value than what I was getting paid. And I just mm. sort of figured that out. And I think that everybody's an entrepreneur. It's just that most of the time, you know, if you work for a, you know, per hour or salary kind of position, we have to show up to a place and do a thing. Oftentimes we're not as much about creating value as we are about showing up. So we get paid for the time that sure. we're there. And I just trading time for dollars to me, you know, I'd rather create way more value than what you paid me, yes. but I can do it in way less time and I can then go be free. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I remember I was an, an hourly employee all the way through high school. My, you know, first couple jobs, whatever. I was a state employee. And I remember when I left the state government for corporate world, thinking that that was a more free way. I actually left the government work because it was salary. And when I talked to them in the interview, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's salary. We, we pay you whatever, $60,000, $70,000 a year. And as long as you get your work done, yeah, you can just kind of leave whenever you want. And I'm thinking, this is this is too good to be true. There's no way this is possible because I came from a setting where you clock in, you clock out. It's all structured. And, you know, I didn't know any better. And I'm thinking, who would not want to do this? Like I can get all of my work done in two hours and then be gone. And I can, and I had all these big dreams of what that looked like. And then I found out that in corporate world, that just means that they just give you eight hours worth of work and you go home, <laughs> you yeah, go home yeah. after eight hours anyway. And they just keep loading the, the go-getters like myself. They just loaded me up with work. And so that's from there. That's where I was like, no, it's time to go out on my own. I think it's just time to run my own business. And yeah, all that same thing. I, I promoted through jobs super fast and was manager and all that stuff is well. So I relate so much with what you just said there. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, and, and it's funny because it's like, uh, you know, you can do this in corporate. I, I, I think now mm-hmm. it's a little bit easier now since the pandemic to be able to, you know, to, to work remotely and that sort of thing. And so corporate doesn't necessarily know what you're doing. Sure. Um, you know, but like I, I've, I've worked uh, with a few people that are in corporate and um, they've been able to sort of like write their own job description and they're, you know, base their, you know, their, their pay on, on objectives that they're going to hit and almost become an entrepreneur within the company. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and I guess Tim Ferriss talked a little bit about this. He's more like, Hey, secretly outsource everything, which is a little bit different. Sure. Um, but I, but I, but I do, I, I really do think that I, I, that's one of the things, you know, I think that would make the world a better place is if everybody started to think about, okay, how can I create more value and then expect to earn more value for the extra value I'm creating. And if we all approach the world in that way, I think that we would see things, you know, getting better and better, faster and faster. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, I, I really like what, that's the one thing that I think I like that COVID changed is that the workplace has to have a little bit more emphasis on caring about the employee's back. And I, I'm sure that, that that's abused in all aspects as well. But it's been really nice that the employers have been able to try to start to look outside of the box as well to try to meet in the middle to keep employees to say, hey, we can get this job done. Uh, you know, we can get this job done as well, if not better, and also enhance our employees' lives through different ma- means. So that, that's that been kind of cool to watch. I think the, the most recent shift that I've seen is that it's starting to sway back to bringing everybody back to the office. Is that what you're seeing too? Seems you're kind of in that world a little more. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, um, it, it's definitely different than it's ever been. And I mean, one of the ways that I'm seeing it, honestly, is I run a lot of Airbnbs and it's crazy how much Airbnbs have gone up. And, and there's this whole like, you know, tulip mania around people buying houses and turning them into Airbnbs. And I, mm-hmm. I actually worry about that a little bit uh, long term because the only people that are going to do well with that, yeah, as there's more and more people doing it, is the people that are really providing a lot of value, providing sure. a really cool space, something different, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but yes, I, I do think that more and more, uh, you know, people are living co- post-COVID way differently and way more remote. And I meet people all the time now that are just traveling the country and, you know, and working out of their sprinter van or whatever. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. that's my dream for sure. For when we're completely done selling real estate, where we're one hundred percent passive income, that's what we're hoping to do too. Is just you know some sort of volunteer work, or you know we'll we'll give value to the world for sure. It may not be an exchange for money, but it'll be something that we can do while traveling the world out of a Sprinter van. That's that's the ideal for us as well. I think it's an amazing lifestyle. Well, uh- yeah, and li- and honestly, living at the vibration where you wake up every morning feeling good is mm-hmm. is enough. Like that, that is the work, and it and it's what it, you know it, it, it touches the people around you, the people seeing you do it, and you know putting out this podcast. Like this is how you know we take action and 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 you know live a different way. So I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you're creative when you're on that higher wavelength. Your creative vibes just just flow and then you're able to create and to do better for the world and it, it really is it's a gift to the world when your creative juices are flying or just you know flowing when you're on that different that different level so yeah very very cool um yeah i wanted to hear a little bit about i mean so you're coaching you're on the road the one question i had on that is it's so it sounds like you rent places everywhere you go for like a week or for a month at a time is is that true or do you do any type of couch surfing what's your style when you're traveling yeah so um you know it's it depends. Like mm-hmm. I'm definitely a little bougie when I can be. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, um, you know, like I have lots of Hilton points and, and uh, Marriott points and things like that. So an American express points. So I do a lot of that, um, using the point, playing the points game and, and staying at places like I have a credit card that gives me like gold membership with sure. a couple of hotel clubs and airline things and th- things like that. So that's one of the things that helps a lot, but most of what I do, um, when I'm traveling, uh, is a lot of the last year has been um, house sits, and I have stayed in like 8,000 square foot mansions on you know 8,000 um, uh, or excuse me on two or three acres uh, with you know six seven bedrooms. Um, you know, take care of this cute little Bernese mountain dog for you know six weeks. You're I've done stuff like me. no, no, um, yeah, I've done a lot of that. You don't get paid to do it, uh, which is but you're literally just you get to stay in their house. Yeah, um, and so I've done that. I've uh, I, I had a cabin up in Blue River, which is just outside Breckenridge for two or three weeks where I took care of a couple of uh, Pomeranians. Um, you know, I, like I've done a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. And that's been really, really cool because it's it, like I decided. So I was living in Encinitas, San Diego area uh, up until a couple of years ago. I mean, I was still technically living in Butte, but I had a place in Encinitas. And I was going back and forth because I was working on a project there. And so I was in Encinitas like quite a bit and I loved it. But then I, when I left there, uh, I was like, wow, I really don't need to go back to Butte. I want to travel for a while. And so I was just going to be nomadic. Uh, and I have been pretty much. And so most of that time I stayed in houses. I've done Airbnbs. I've done some hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes it'll just be like I'm somewhere for a night or I'm, 
you know, flying out the next morning and I want to stay at the airport hotel. Um, and then I do stay with friends. Um, most of the time around like the retreats that I, um, either I'm going to a retreat with a friend, so I meet up with them and then we go together or, um, or I'm facilitating for a company I work with and I'll stay with the owner of the company, you know, for a few days on the tail end and, and beginning of the, the trip. Mm, okay. Yeah, that sounds, I mean, a good mix of things. Like when I'm traveling, I, I always like the idea of like, what, for example, when we're going to Costa Rica, I thought, man, I don't really like, I don't like the tourist stuff. I like when I go places, I want to see how the locals live and I want to like infiltrate that the best I can. And then I remember that I'm not as, uh, <laughs> I'm not as good of a traveler as what in my mind I would like to be. And so I would stick out like a sore thumb and I would never be able to il- infiltrate anything. And then I also remember that I, like you go to Costa Rica, like living like the locals, that would be probably <laughs> living off the land and not having too much of shelter at all. And I'm much too precious for that. So there's that fine line in between, I guess, where you get to be a little bougie and then you get to have a little bit of the, the local flair. <laughs> yeah. Like when I'm, when I'm, you know, whenever I'm traveling internationally, um, you know, usually, usually I'm traveling somewhere where it's, it's cheaper so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll rent a really nice place there um the house sits are great because the cool thing about this house that it's basically a, an app that i have and the cool thing about that is i can literally like there's always something like i could find something next week mm. but where is the question right like sure. how far would i have to go like if i'm looking in denver there's probably some there's like 10 different houses next week. You know, if I'm looking in a ma- now around a major city, you can almost always find something. But if like, I want to go to San Diego for two weeks, you know, uh, I have to be looking a couple months ahead of time and there's no guarantee I'll find something. And so that's why sometimes I'll do the Airbnb or the hotel because I just didn't find something. Um, but a lot of times I will uh, get the house. Set. One more thing about the house that's hard is once I commit to something, it might be, you know, oh, wow, there's this really cool house in Hawaii, mm-hmm. you know, for three for three weeks in four months. But it's like, I got to commit to that now yeah. um, and decide. And then, you know, it kind of does, oh, I get invited to a festival or something. And oh, I'm like, darn sure. it, I've got that three weeks in Hawaii. And it's not like I can even leave for a weekend because I'm taking care of somebody else's animals. Yeah. Well, yeah. Somebody like yourself that's so free-spirited and just all over the place. That sounds terrible to to have to commit to that. That's so funny, like the way that you said that you're like, oh, crap, I've got that three-week trip in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> the normal person's like, what? That's a problem? <laughs> and that's that's just awesome. That's so cool to see the difference between... I guess, how you live your life and how a quote unquote, quote, um, normal person who has like a desk job that's, that's tied all the time. They think, God, three weeks in Hawaii, I wouldn't care what it was just to be able to be there for three weeks. So that's, that's just a really cool dynamic. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's the coolest thing about the way that I live is that like, I don't, you know, there's no weekends and weekdays, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, because everybody else has weekends and weekdays, there are right. Like I, I plan trips around weekends where my friends are off and we're going to go do something friends, you know, my, my normie friends from my mm. school or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think, um, you know, that's the, 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 that's the thing is like, I don't like, like, well, I remember being in the working world and being in corporate and working, um, in the hotel industry, I was a director of sales and marketing and it was a Monday through Friday gig. And then even sometimes evenings and once in a while weekends. And I remember, you know, very much just being like, Oh God, it's, thank God it's Friday. And then Sunday, like, Oh man, I got to go back to work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it was that cycle. And I, I really, there was just something about that. And so when I've gotten, you know, when I've set up my life, it's like, I'll work for a few hours and then I'm like, Hey, I'm going to go swim in the lake yeah. and then I'll go swim, you know, I'll go swim in the lake and then I might hit the gym. And then it's like, Oh, I'm going to do a little bit of work. But most of the stuff I'm working on is like stuff I'm passionate about too. So it doesn't feel like work either. Sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the big difference is when, and that's what I say when I am done quote unquote working where I have to, and I'm, I'm limited to this physical location and these priorities, I, I would never stop working, but whatever I'm doing is something that I'm passionate about. It doesn't feel whatsoever like work because it's creative and it's, you know, inspiring and it's giving back and whatever. So yeah. And who cares? Like the, when, when I'm in that drive, when I'm doing something like that, 4 a.m. is the same as midnight is the same as 3 p.m. Because I don't want to stop. I just want to keep go, 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 go. Because it's so, in, you know, invigorating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the cool thing about doing stuff that you love. And and I think that, and that's the difference, right? When you work a 40-hour week in a job mm-hmm. that is just to pay the bills, yep. you know, you are exhausted. You don't, and, and here's the thing, not only do you not have any, like maybe time to really be introspective and like get to know yourself and, you know, and all of those things. Um, but it's also makes it really, really hard to have the emotional energy to work on something else or yes. to learn what's happening in the world around us too. Absolutely. And speaking of introspect and learning about yourself, what about these retreats? When you say that you're going to go, that I think you've said probably three times already that you left for a retreat. Are those for yourself? Are those things that you're facilitating solely? Like what, what are those? What's the topic? What would somebody that went on a retreat gain from that? Yeah. So, I mean, so sometimes I'm going on retreats because I go on a lot of retreats. I take, I take my own medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But, but I, I I also uh, help facilitate retreats with a company um, and, um, yeah, like for the retreats, I tip, like I go to all sorts of things. Like I've gone to the jungle of Peru and done ayahuasca. I don't know if you call that a retreat, but um, uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's you know, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I've done that sort of thing, you know, and other sort of like medicine work. Um, you know, I've been to like psilocybin uh, retreats and things like that. Um, and then also things like breathwork retreats. And, um, you know, I've been to business retreats and, you know, where we do strategic planning and, and things like that. So it just, it just depends. Like I, I think that getting to get together, especially with a community of, I want to say like-minded, but I hate to use the term like-minded because I'm fine with people that have different ideas, different sure. thoughts, but, but are open to conversing, um, you know, and able to, to, to hear and experience other points of view. And so, you know, that I think that connecting with other people in community um, around strategic planning for your business or, or, or a practice like breath work or, or anything like that can just be hugely powerful. And, and there's a real movement towards that. It seems like these days. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's, it's amazing. And anytime that I get to see somebody else going down that path, it does, it doesn't even have to be me that's starting to like realize and see the power in that. When I see other people's minds open to that and they start going down that, that, uh, that path of growth, it, it like lights something in myself too. It's a beautiful thing that just is awesome to experience, even if it's not you experiencing it. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and, and the cool thing about, you know, a lot of these retreats is we do, you do see transformations um, for people in weekends and, and, mm-hmm. you know, matter of days. Um, and they take those transformations home and not only do they do something with them for themselves, mm-hmm. they often trickle out and, and, um, and they, they affect the communities that they are involved in as well. And so I, I yeah, I've, there's a, that, and actually is really where I'm headed long-term uh-huh. is diving deeper into the, the retreat business, retreat space, um, you know, and, and just bringing more of that to the world. 
Awesome. When when we were doing our little pre-meeting, I said, well, let's talk about that that one retreat you were on. And you said, well, which one? I went on probably 20 in the last year. <laughs> I saw the one in Peru. What? Where else have you been just in the last couple of years where you get to experience these type of retreats? Yeah. I mean, so I, I did an Ayurvedic retreat, healing arts retreat, um, which is like energy work and sound healing and crystal healing and things like that. Um, ceremony, sacred ceremony and essential oils. Um, and so I did a retreat in Costa That was one of the trips to Costa Rica that I took. Uh-huh. Um, I was an Ayurvedic retreat. Um, I, um, was just, uh, I was just in Peru last fall for three weeks and that was, um, actually traveling with medicine men, uh, you know, through the, uh, through the Andes and, uh, wow. using, uh, sacred medicines and, and traveling to all the sacred sites. We went to, you know, Machu Picchu, um, which is actually the second time I've been, but that was a really cool experience to do it with medicine men. Um, and then, um, Olte Tambo and, and several other Incan sites. And it was just, that was an incredible trip. Cause it was number one, it was the first time in my adult life uh, you know, I've had a cell phone since I was 18 and I don't know that I've ever had it off for more than, you know, 24 hours. Like maybe like, cause I lost it in a river or something, sure, you know sure. what I mean? Right. And so, Doing something so, cool. so I turned off my phone for an entire three plus weeks, um, and completely disconnected. Wow. And I, I will say, if you want to do something for your nervous system, <laughs> that, that's it. Uh, yeah. I mean that, that's no joke. I mean, you go without a phone for three hours, you're feeling vibrations in your pocket where your phone normally is like phantom vibrations. You hear phantom rings and text message dings. Yeah. I can't even imagine what it would be like to totally reset. And I mean, you, you said you don't have kids yet, but that's something that, man, when you just said that, 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 uh, hit hard is when I ground my daughter from her cell phone for, you know, whatever, doing something naughty two weeks, she's a different person. Like she's super, yeah. like she's 13 years old, but she is like really enjoyable. She smiles more. She comes out of this little like funky teenage depression. I mean, being away from a phone is powerful. Like there's nothing that sounds more rejuvenating to me than just disconnecting for, I I get away with it for a weekend to go backpacking, but three weeks, I might be a whole new person. Matter of fact, I might just commit to that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's powerful. I mean, a health coach that I know, she uh, leaves her phone in her office, you know, nine o'clock at night, she puts her phone in her office and then, you know, she doesn't even like, you know, go touch it until 10 in the morning because she gets up, she does her tea ceremony and her meditation. And then, you know, and then at 10 a.m. she goes and gets her phone and, and she says it's like absolutely like just such a massive difference in her nervous wow. system. Those three weeks were the same thing for me. And so, yeah, so that and that retreat was really like being in community, connecting with the locals, mm-hmm. learning about, you know, sacred, sacred medicine and um, and just reconnecting with nature. Um, and then some of my other favorite retreats, like uh, uh, there's a, a company that I work with um, out of San Diego uh, Carlsbad and they're, um, they do breathwork retreats and then it's several other retreats in Topanga and Tahoe and man, cold exposure and breathwork is where it's yeah. at. I've, I've just had some great experiences doing retreats uh, for that. Yeah. That's the, what is it? The Wim, Wim Hof method. Is that, did I say that right? Did I say that? So they, he, so yeah. I worked with a coach named Reese uh, Peluso. He's got a company called our breath collective. Uh-huh. Um, you check them out. In fact, you, uh, if you'd ever want to chat with them, similar kind of, kind of guy, he might be a great, great, uh, for the podcast at some point. Yeah. So I'll connect you if you'd like. Please. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, so they've got some, I mean, he does breath work sessions in Encinitas, California, you know, pretty regularly at a yoga studio. And then he's got, 
retreats and he works one-on-one with coaches. He's got our breath collective is morning uh, breeze. And so just that kind of stuff. I mean, taking the time to be in your body is not a thing that we are teaching people. And it's like, if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, if you want to live, you know, a life that, you know, you're excited about, like actually getting to know yourself and being in your body is is so huge. And that's why I love cold exposure and, and breathwork retreats. Yeah, no, that sounds amazing. They they say that when you get something exposed to you or something's whatever comes in front of you three different times, it's definitely like the universe slapping you in the face to say, pay attention. This breathwork thing is the third time in the last couple of weeks that somebody's somebody recommended to read the book. I think it's just called Breathe and it's on my my list. Then this breathwork thing here. And then I also came across a, a Wim Hof article that I had had on Facebook a while ago. But anyway, yeah, breath work. It's obviously the, the universe is talking to me to say it's time to, to learn all about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't that funny how that yeah, works? And, well, and cold exposure for nervous system stuff, because what you're doing is you're, 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 getting your, you're putting your body in stress mm-hmm. purposely, and you build up that tolerance to stress. And, you know, if you, and, you know, while there's lots of flow and fun and adventures in my life, you know, building businesses and, and, you know, doing things totally outside the box at times can be stressful. And so, yeah, so building up your tolerance for that sort of thing is certainly a way to to help manage the, you know, the pressures of of doing something like starting a business or, you know, going out and living life in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of shocking the the last, I don't know, probably month or two. My, my focus personally has been to try to get back to a level of health, to try to get back to just some life balance and to be able to manage all of the, the awesome things that I do that I absolutely love. But when you leave some of these, you know, like your when you neglect your own body, you neglect your own mind, your own personal time in order to just continually give, give, give to your business, to your people, to, to all those things. Um, it, it's, it's crazy how, what the feeling of burnout really is like. And it's been so interesting because I've had, I think that when you're, when you're in that moment, others maybe sense that or something, but I've, the, the number of people that have, that have experienced the same type of thing over the last three years through COVID uh, you know, fellow entrepreneurs, fellow, fellow business owners that I'm very close with. I just feel like it's at an all time high. And if, if this is something that is probably more important to entrepreneurs now than anything, I mean, I see this big yeah. shift in marketing right now for entrepreneurs to, Oh, you know, during inflation or, you know, to times of inflation during recession, this is what you need to do with your business. And I'm thinking to myself, no, I think it's time to put the business on temporary hold and for all of us entrepreneurs and business owners to just literally quote unquote take a breath and like learn to manage this stress because it was so overwhelming the last three years I mean would you agree with that with where you were at um observing at least (laughs) yeah I mean it's been interesting because like I I got pulled into some of the various debates uh of of either either side and Mm -hmm. um and like, I, I, it's funny cause I even thought of myself as a little bit, well, I'm, I'm, you know, outside the box. I have an even more different viewpoint, but I, but I found myself so trapped in this sort of right versus wrong, bad versus good, oh, yeah. you know? And, and I think, um, I, and then just everything going on, like there was, so that I think was the stress that I did see was just seeing so many of my friends divided on so many oh, things. Sure. Um, and then I got into that and, you know, and, and really very quickly, like, went, nope, I don't. And I've. <laughs> And, but it but it stifled me a little bit because I, I was a pretty regular poster on social mm-hmm. and I just was like I just stopped because I didn't I just didn't feel like even having an opinion was yeah. um, was helpful 
so that was stressful. And I think that was a little bit hard, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, overall, like I really, the last couple of years, um, like I traveled just as much as I always do did. I went to Mexico a couple of times during like quote finger lockdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, um, I did, I did, you know, I did a national park tour the, that summer, um, you know, and did three weeks traveling the national parks with uh, the, 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 the partner I was with at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's, um, uh, but, but, it ha- but I'd say that that's been the stressful part. And I think, I think that the number one thing we can all do is slow down, get back in yes. touch with nature, know where our food comes from. I mean, my whole thing, and this is where I'm headed, right? Um, and we can get to this, you know, a little later, but it's like, is getting on the land, you know, uh, knowing where my food is grown, you know, knowing that I can sustain myself on the land. Um, because if you can do that, it's back to the thing I said earlier, cutting your expenses gives you that freedom to be able to make choices, you know? Um, yeah, and I don't want to get too controversial, but I've had friends who've had to leave their jobs because they didn't want to do certain things that they were being told they needed to do. Yep. Um, and I don't have to worry about that because like, I don't have an employer who can dictate the way I'm going to live. Um, and, I, and I think that's one of the things that I, I think has made my life a lot stressful the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. There's just been, it's just been stressful in so many different capacities, depending on where you're at in life. If you're an employer, I mean, that had to have been extremely extremely stressful for those working in that situation, whether, you know, on the, all the different sides of that, we don't have to get too in depth. Everybody knows all of the things that happened during COVID, but just in general, I feel like everybody experienced, you know, stress at such a high and fast and fur- furious rate. I mean, business owners were like trying to adjust to this new way of having to do things, uh, you, you know, super quickly, the financial strain, you know, employers, that are employees, you know, stressed out on all the different ways that things were happening. It's just a stressful, stressful time. And I, I think that the need for what you're doing right now and what you're offering through retreats and working with other partnerships on just wellness as, as a whole. And like you said, nourishing your body through, through food that's locally sourced and not processed to the, (laughs) to the max is, Really, I mean, that's kind of where my where I'm focused at right now. Just getting back to like a a basic routine of putting myself and my well being first, and then after that, focusing on my business. Because if you can't take care of yourself first, you're no good to anybody else. And they, that's cliche. They say that, but it's 100 percent true. It's it's yeah, it's 1000 percent true. I mean, everything else comes from here and uh, from us, from internally. And it's like whatever your internal world is is what your external world will be. And, um, you know, and I've, I've, I, man, I, that's, you know, that's one of the things I've noticed, um, a lot of, um, very successful women entrepreneurs that I know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, have, have shared with me. They're just like, man, I just got to the, I just got to my limit. And part of at least, you know, and this is the masculine feminine, we could talk a little bit about this here oh, if please. it's a good time. So yeah, I, you know, I did, I, yeah, I did some posting when I came back from Peru cause I'd kind of gotten some downloads of wanting to be more in flow and more in, you know, we have, uh, it's like the yin and yang. We have masculine and feminine in, in us, you know, all of us. And mm-hmm. so, uh, and so the masculine, um, you know, there's a sort of more masculine push, you know, to like make things happen, you know, set goals. Mm-hmm. And then there's the feminine, which is more the flow and the intuition and allowing things and calling things in, you know, to and receiving. Um, and so those are the, the sort of differences. And we all have both of those within us. And, um, and, you know, I was very much in the mask and pushing, making things happen, building a successful business, trying to hit six figure months, you know, these kinds of things. Um, and, uh, and what I really have found is I've, you know, is a lot of uh, women that I know who are successful entrepreneurs, they also 
we're pulled into this very like masculine way of being um, and pushing and forcing things and making themselves sick. Uh, and, and I, and I, you know, whether you're a man, a woman, it doesn't matter. Like I, I think there's a balance for both. There is a time and a place to push and make things happen. Um, and there is a time and a place to receive and slow down and trust and flow and allow. Yes. And, uh, and I, and I think that, you know, we've had a, um, I think one of the solutions to sort of making the world a little bit better, uh, is bringing more feminine back into business, more of a trust, intuition and flow, mm-hmm. um, and stewardship of our, of our communities and our environments and our, and our citizens and, you know, all of those things too. Um, and that's one of the, more the, the nurturing feminine side. And I think as we bring that more into business, what we're going to see, because business actually dictates what we see in politics, because business is the funder of politics, whether we like it or not. Sure. And, and so as we see that, I think that we may start to see feminine more flow into, into politics as well, where we start to, allow and trust and, and go from a place of more freedom. And so I, I think that that's, you know, that's a thing that's, that's, that's happening. And so, yes, I think we need to slow down, go to retreat, be in community, nurture our bodies, you know, nurture ourselves. And I think that the, the, we will see uh, if we keep doing that, that business will follow and we will be more successful and more abundance and opportunity will come from n- nourishing ourselves. Yes. So super powerful. I got, I, I wish I could remember uh, I, I talked about this podcast in one of my earlier episodes and it was Kyle. Oh my gosh, my friend Jen DeLong would kill me, but they, they talked about that. It was A money, B money and C money. And you're talking about spending more money on C money. And that's just like A money, I think was, um, A money was like your basic necessities, your, and your, your stuff that you don't, that, that you need your rent, your food, et cetera. B money was like things like investing and, you know, wealth building things. And then C money was things that you, it was money that you spend on building your soul and, you know, getting to know yourself and like nourishing your, your heart and your soul and all of it. And that's like, I just think the whole world just needs to take a, like just a retreat, the whole world, just a retreat <laughs> Time out. <laughs> Nothing's moving. We're all going on a retreat here. <laughs> Well, and I, I, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that because I think that is the way in, in a way that we're heading is, you know, people live it, like, uh, it's interesting. We had this flux of everybody, you know, moving into the cities and people were kind of convinced that this is the solution. We'll, we'll move into the cities and we'll take up less land space and we'll, you know, and, and everything will be close by. So we won't have to drive even though nobody really yep. does that anyway. Right. right. You know, and these, these were all these ideas. Um, and so they like this sort of social planning or social engineering um, stuff pushed people that direction. But what's, what we've seen these last few years is this natural, you know, and I do think it was a direct response to the pandemic and people being told to stay inside yeah. that all of a sudden everybody went, I want to get outside. I want to be in nature. I don't want to watch Netflix anymore, you know? And so there's this, this push back to, to being outside and being in nature. And so I think, um, I think as we go, you know, uh, and more and more people are living that way. And so I don't, you know, I, I, I assume a lot of your listeners are, are looking for that sort of thing. And I, I think, yes, you know, first work on yourself, get healthy in mind and body. Mm-hmm. You know, the things you put in your body matter, both in food, but also in thoughts, yes. you know, and so, so doing that work and making sure that you're okay, you know, and then you can start figuring out how to make sure you're financially okay. Cause you're, you're physically, mentally, you know, healthy. Okay. Then you can start to circle out to your neighbors and, and go out from there. But one of those things with being more okay is getting outside into nature and reconnecting with Absolutely. like, we are not separate from nature. We are nature. And I think so, for, so when you talk about retreat, 
we can retreat. I retreat to nature every day Mm -hmm. and I get out and I look at the stars. I breathe in the air. Like I take time to, I try to at least 20 minutes every day. My feet are in the dirt, in Mm -hmm. the grass, you know, grounding. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's the kind of retreat we can do, even if we can't afford to go to, you know, some really expensive retreat or we don't have the time right now to, to make that happen. Absolutely. I've been spending lots of time on my front porch and sitting just in the quiet. And even though it's not quiet, it's not where I want to be, but it's what I can afford with time is to just in the morning, in the evening, whatever it is, go out, like you said, be barefoot. If I'm out hiking, you know, flip the shoes off for a little while and just get in the dirt and the sun. Yeah, all of that. Um, And with that, I think it's a good time to transition into what you are creating for the future and for community around you. Tell me a little bit about this eco village that you're working on. Um, yeah. So, Oh, this is, this is the, you know, like I passion dream, like this just came through me. And then it's been interesting because as I connect with more and more humans that are, you know, like at retreats and, and doing healing work and, and I, I hate to use that word because I don't, I don't think any of us need healing, but we are processing trauma and, and, you know, and, and, um, and working on beliefs that, that maybe don't serve us and things like that. You know, do, when I meet people at those kinds of events, more and more people are like, I want to be in nature. I want to live, you know, intertwined with nature. I want, I want to know where my food comes from. You know, I want to do more of this kind of healing work we're doing at retreat. I want to do more of that. You know, like I want to have that a part of my life, you know, so, so that, um, you know, that seems to be a thing. And so mm-hmm. I, and more and more people are like trying to put together, like living in community. I, I talked to parents who are like, you know, like want to home, want to homeschool their kids. And they were like, I want to have neighbors so that like we can, you know, carry that together, you yes. know, um, you know, and living more in community in, in various ways. Um, entrepreneurs who are wanting to, you know, create, um, you know, communities where there's like, uh, content creation studios, you know, the audio visual studios and, and co-working space. And so all sorts of different kinds of people are wanting to live more in community and be more in touch with nature. And so I've been watching this trend and, and I, you know, I, I, you know, I could preach about to everybody, Oh, go outside, spend more time in nature, sure. you know, do the, do breath work, do cold exposure. But I, I was also starting to ask myself, well, how do I live that way more? Right. Instead of trying to change everybody else how do I how do I make that change really for myself Mm -hmm. and make it more you know every day uh and in doing that you know like we we, we get to be the example we can try to change other people we can focus on ourselves so that's been a lesson of my life for sure um and so yeah so I I've been I've been really like asking you know um really searching for that and realizing that you know I I have the capability to create it so yeah, I started, I started looking for retreat property last year. I ended up buying a house. It was a really great deal. I thought, hey, I could maybe add an additional dwelling on here and we could turn this into a retreat space. But it's just not quite right for the vision has grown and it's not quite right for what we want to do. It's a beautiful house and we're selling it. It's in Eden, Utah. Um, and we're actively looking for land and we're, you know, we're looking for a large, like a thousand acres, something that we can oh, build. Wow. Yeah, something that we can build a, a real, like a 50 or 60 acre retreat center you know, with um, uh, a retreat house for big events. A lot of the people that I know hold these these big uh, retreats and they have 20, 30 people come. Well, you need a pretty big house in order to, you know, or space to be able to have centralized space to connect and encircle and, and do integrations and things like that. And then also space to sleep and, you know, property to wander around, things like that. And so and there's not a lot of properties like that. No. Uh, and And so we 
um, we decided, hey, we, we want to build one. And so we're, we're and then uh, a, a spa, like a wellness center with like, you know, I have traveled the world and I've worked with some of the, like, like you name it, I've like either first, first-hand experience it or, you know, um, someone in my circle has, has worked with some of these, you know, various modalities, you know, everything from um, deprivation tanks to hyperbaric chambers to infrared saunas to, you know, neurofeedback machines that literally tell your brain, you know, and help your brain, like rewire the, um, the synapses and just all sorts of different things, Um, you know, medicine work, you name it. And so we want to create a space, uh, a wellness center that like really takes those things from all over the world and brings them to one place where, and those different modalities um, where people can really come and do like deep, deep work. And then, um, regenerative farm like food forest we like we believe that if we regenerate the soil uh that we actually you know six to seven years is what it takes and you can actually create uh a a food forest that will sustain the people that are living on or around it without them having to you know do this monoculture farming and till the land and, and and shove uh you know nitrogen into the soil and all these things and so we want to create a space that like takes all those principles um you know, that actually goes back to, you know, to, um, to ancient indigenous tribes and look at the things that they were doing to make the, the world and, the, you know, their, their world and their land better and their growing techniques and really get back in touch with nature and create that on the land. And so what we plan is to start with that, the wellness center, retreat center, glamping so people who want to come out and like have that experience in nature, but maybe not come to a retreat can, can rent a, a glamping tent. Wow. And then, Around that, the big goal, the reason we're looking, we're first starting for like 50 acres, but then we started thinking, well, people are going to, like, if we can buy something big enough, number one, you save money on on the acreage when you buy it more in bulk. And then in doing that, you can subdivide some of that land. And, but you can make, so, hey, the people who live here, you know, need to agree to certain deed restrictions, like they're going to grow a garden or they're going to, you know, they're going to contribute to the, to the, um, uh, the, the food forest, but they get access to it, you know, kind of like an HOA kind of mm-hmm. thing. So, sure. so that's the bigger vision. I don't know if we'll get to that. So the, the main thing is a wellness center, retreat center, you know, on the land, reconnecting with nature. But the big dream is so then for people who come and visit to go, wow, I want to live like this to be able to buy, um, whether it be a tiny home or, you know, build, build a, a bigger house um, with natural building materials. And so that's the bigger dream. Wow. But for now, we're focused on finding the land to build the wellness and retreat center and then the next step will be um, housing, hopefully, uh, to follow. Does anything like this exist, or is this brand? I mean, just pulled out of your brain and in the process of being put to work. Have you ever seen anything so, like this in your travels? So there are some, um, you know, there are some world class like wellness centers that do have, um, you know, healing modalities and reconnection mm-hmm. and intertwined with nature. There are some some like spas that are, mm-hmm. that are kind of world-class in that regard, not necessarily that pull from, you know, all these different, you know, modalities, but, um, but certainly have some high-end stuff that are really neat and, and provide a very intertwined with nature experience. So I've seen some stuff like that. Uh, Esalon in California um, is one um, that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, so there's some things like that. Um, there are retreat houses and like I've like with some of the breathwork retreats I've gone to, we saved this beautiful like ranch kind of property up in a, in a Canyon in Topanga, California. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are things like that. Yes. Um, but there's nothing where um, the regenerative farm is the, the aspect of it. Like there's some, some smaller villages, like people putting together tiny homes and then building it around a regenerative farm. So there's some of that, but mm-hmm. combining all of those things and then eventually the hope is to create neighborhoods where people can come and live and live around it. And I haven't seen anything like that. 
That's awesome. That's very, very cool. You guys heard it here first. <laughs> when this comes <laughs> to fruition, we're going to reference back to this podcast and be like, oh, this is where all the dream, this is where he was talking about and describing it before it was ever even a thing. <laughs> it, yeah, uh, yeah. The whole, this whole interview kind of gives me a little bit of a, like a, an Aubrey Marcus vibe a little bit. Familiar with Aubrey Marcus? Uh, I am. I am. Yeah. yeah. Fact, like I, he has done some cool stuff I've been yeah. watching lately, including like sitting in the dark for 10 days or something. Right. That, uh, yes. like, yeah, yeah. Crazy stuff. So yeah, really neat, neat stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's awesome. I, I first heard about him and on like, you know, of course, Joe Rogan, I'm a huge Joe Rogan fan and had followed him and kind of listened. And I thought, my gosh, like he was the first person that kind of, I mean, he, he, very unconventional, like yourself, like you describe your kind of your way of living and your, your thought process on things. So anyway, it just, it kind of gives me a, a little bit of an Aubrey Marcus vibe, which I think is cool. Cause he's, he's really awesome. So yeah, yeah he has awesome cool stuff. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's <a> compliment. <laughs> um, okay. So is there anything else that you think the listeners should know about yourself that I haven't asked you already? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that I, I don't know so much about myself, but I mean, I think I'll say something about, you know, for everyone who's listening, which is just, you know, um, dream big, think about what you really want, but then start small. And um, if you're, you know, if what you really want is more freedom and the ability to travel and those things, you know, there's there's two paths. One is you can grind, grind, grind and try to make as much money as you possibly can. The other is you can start to simplify life a little bit. Um and, you know, cut back your expenses so that, you know, either you can save enough money that maybe you can take a hiatus from, from work while you try a new way of life. Um, uh, but the other thing, too, is if you can cut your expenses, you can work less and you can start to figure out where, how, how can I create value in other people's or, or other businesses' lives, you know, mm -hmm. uh, so, that, so that there is a way that I can get paid um, sure. and then, you know, start down that path because, like I, I think we are all here um, with a purpose, and I think when we when we tap into that and we get in touch with it, um, we we get to have an impact on the people around us, and and so everybody's capable of that. Um, and if you're finding you're not enjoying your day to day, then um, then find a new way because because there are lots of new ways, and and none of the the sort of kind of way we've been told we have to show up in the world and have to live or the things we have to strive for, um, you know, make sure that they're yours and not something that you've been told. Amen. Boom. Drop the mic. That was, that was perfect. <laughs> yeah. That like, that's, that could just be the introduction and the outro for this entire podcast. <laughs> Awesome. That's what I, I was love looking it. for. <laughs> okay, cool. well, Peter, thank you so much for giving me an hour of your time. I'm beyond grateful, super honored. Um, I hope to be able to chat with you more in the future. I'd love to hear all about your your friend that does Our Breath Collective. And yeah, I'm going to follow you. Is there anything, that, is there any shout outs you want for your your business, anywhere that people can find you that you want to, to uh, share? Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm launching a brand new YouTube channel, which um, will be coming out a few weeks probably after this podcast. Um, uh, you'll be able to find that via the website, which is still being built. But by the time this comes out, hopefully I'll at least have it pointed to my Instagram or something. Um, uh, your, uh, it's, it's easy, .com, Um And uh, that's going to be more about what we're doing with the, with the eco village, with like building out the retreat center, some of those kinds of things. And then on Instagram, um, Fumenti3 is my uh, is my Instagram handle and, and always looking to, to connect with cool people that are doing cool stuff in the world. Fabulous. I'll make sure that I include that in the description for this episode. And yeah, I am so grateful to have met you. Thank you so much for the honor and I hope you take care and we'll be talking to you soon. 
All right. Thanks, Tracy. Great meeting you too. Thanks, Peter.